his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Actually, it's Moose Miller tonight in for Esme. Coming up here a little bit later this hour, we're going to catch up with Karen Nelson Schaefer, who is her, I, I hope I'm saying that last name correctly, Schaefer or Schaffer of uh, the Hallinan Law Firm. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the Harvey Weinstein case and just where we are now in this world with regard to hostile work environment, sexual harassment, and as every day goes by, you start to see more and more that these companies knew about these employees harassing women. And just today, it just came out a $32 million settlement is what Fox paid out to one of Bill O'Reilly's uh, victims. And then they went and signed him for $25 million a year. Because he had taken care of the matter. He privately settled for $32 million. So, if there's a history of this kind of behavior, what becomes of these companies? Because it sure seems like they're somewhat complicit. Anyway, we'll, we'll discuss that and also just where things are heading in you know today's workplace law hostile work environment sexual harassment and 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 really you got to applaud these women that are coming forward on harvey weinstein and and then you look at some of the directors that are now saying well yeah we kind of knew about this well nobody spoke up so we'll talk more about that coming up here at 7 35 here on wcco but right now we wanted to jump over to our guest here our cybersecurity expert who it's got a great uh, website if you haven't followed this tomsguide.com this crack attack that attacks wi-fi networks and it's called crack k-r-a-c-k because it's short for key reinstallation attack and this is just diabolical stuff let's welcome paul paul wagoncell is our guest here on wcco good evening and welcome Good evening. So as I was reading about this crack attack, the thing that that stuck in the back of my mind is it sure sounds like when they're able to inject malware into smartphones through this type of uh, crack attack on a Wi-Fi network, that should scare a lot of people. Yeah, it should. It should. However, there's a, it's not as bad as it sounds. And I mean, it is bad, but it could be worse. Uh, and one reason it's not so bad is because some things are protected. Um, for example, if you're going to like log into, into Gmail or Facebook and you have the HTTPS in the browser, that means it, it, it's a secure connection to say Gmail and they can't break into that. They can only break into transmissions between you and the website that are not encrypted. Mm, okay. 
So what about, you know, I would imagine most banking uh, websites have that HTTPS, which is uh, encrypted, right? Yeah, they do. They do. All right, but, but what about stuff that you might be doing on the Wi-Fi network, uh, you know, in a public Wi-Fi setting? Uh, does that information travel encrypted over that Wi-Fi network? Well, that's the problem. There, There's different sorts of encryption. Um, there's the end-to-end encryption that you would have with Gmail, which is from your device, your, your, your smartphone, your laptop, encrypted all the way to the Gmail server. So that one's safe. Yeah. But... The local encryption is what crack, the crack attack attacks, um, the encrypted connection between you and the local router. And if that doesn't have a second layer of encryption, then they can read that. So, for example, if you are at like the Starbucks or a hotel or whatever on the local Wi-Fi network, even if that does have a password and requires you to log in, that's what they can attack. Right, and uh, that's what, what really, I think, just we're all using Wi-Fi anymore. You know, when you, when you head out, yeah. if you're sitting in a restaurant and, you know, you look at guest Wi-Fi or, or the name of wherever you're visiting or currently located and you think, Oh, okay, well that's the, that's their Wi-Fi network. Yeah, it is. Um, I would recommend that you not use those networks even after the crack attack passes because you really don't know what that network's all about, even if it has a password. They may not have set it up properly, and someone could be snooping in. You, you never really know. Um, I never really use any Wi-Fi other than my own at home and my office Wi-Fi. Everything else, no, I don't trust it. Sure, and you can pretty much anymore use the cell network uh, connections, right, for grabbing data? Yeah, that's what I do. When I'm out of the house, when I'm just out, out and about, that is what I use. I mean, they the the limit on on the data is, is getting kind of like it's inching up all the time. I think right now I I started out like at a two gig cap, and now I think it's six gigs. And I'm not, I'm not paying any more than I did before. They just sort of increase it all the time. Um, and I recommend that you do that when you're not you know when you're not at home, when you're not at work, when you're when you can't use a Wi-Fi network that you trust. Well, you can turn your smartphone into a Wi-Fi hotspot if you have your laptop with you, right? Yeah, you can do that. And that'll go out over your cellular, over cellular data. I mean, you'll, you know, that does contribute toward your cap. And I wouldn't stream any movies, you know, doing that because that will eat up your bandwidth pretty quickly. But that's a pretty safe way to do it. Just making sure that it goes out over the cellular network because that's a pretty close connection. Yeah, you just want to make damn sure your cell phone isn't, <laughs> on the you know, Wi-Fi network for uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wherever you are. I mean, basically the rule of thumb, at least my rule of thumb, is to turn off Wi-Fi when you leave the house and turn off Bluetooth when you leave the house. Um, you know, you don't want your phone going around broadcasting, you know, randomly to everything that walks by because that's what happen when you, happens when you leave Wi-Fi and Bluetooth on. You're basically just broadcasting your presence to all receivers up, you know, all the way down the street, down the sidewalk, mm-hmm. in the shopping mall. So this particular type of uh, attack or, or crack, if you will, um, mm-hmm. is it novel? Is it something that now you know everybody in the cybersecurity world's going, oh man, now now we, you know, this is where they're they're focusing their efforts. Well, the good thing is that the people who discovered this, really one guy in Belgium discovered this a few months ago, and he he alerted 
the uh, the industry um, privately, secretly, quietly. So the big router manufacturers, smartphone makers, they've all had time to patch their patch their stuff. They've had a few months. So Windows actually fixed this. Uh, Microsoft fixed this in Windows a couple of months ago. Um, Apple did the same thing in iOS for for smartphones. Um, the real problem is Android. Um, you have a real problem. Um, basically, the the this affects. I'm not going to get too technical here, but because of the way Android and Linux are set up, um, the weird thing is it actually affects them worse than anybody else. And the problem mm. with Android phones is they don't get updates properly. Um, only the real, only the Google phones that Google sells itself, and maybe the top end Samsungs are going to get um, regular patches like on time. Um, everyone else is going to get them a couple of months late, if at all. So, you know, th- this obviously uh, keeps folks like yourself busy. And, and you know, I would imagine uh, going forward here, we're just kind of scratching the surface on, on some of this stuff that, that's coming down the pike when you have artificial intelligence, you know, cranking away night and day on ways to come up with better hacks and, and better uh, code breaking, aren't we? Yeah, well, actually, the nice thing is that the bad guys, at least the bad guys who are criminals, can't really afford to to have artificial intelligence work on that stuff yet. Uh, the bad guys who are sponsored by governments, yeah, they they, they do know how. To well, do that, that that's where I was leading. It is you know when you look yeah. at Russia, you look at uh, uh, North Korea, you know, there's a. Uh, Obviously, and I think we're going to learn more, you know, in the coming year or so out of the Mueller investigation as to, you know, what exactly the Russians have been up to and the capabilities that they've been exploiting. But um, this kind of stuff, it it almost makes you want to just not do any, you know, (laughs) online stuff anymore. Yeah, uh, there are people who do believe that. I mean, there's a... A couple of people I've heard of who actually don't even use ATMs. They just walk up to the teller and do it do the old-fashioned way, you know, write out a check for cash because they don't trust ATMs. And these are people who actually know how this stuff works. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the problem with, with uh, I guess, today's world. It's everything is online. Everything's kind of meant to be convenient. But yeah. then you're trading a lot of security for that convenience. And you don't even realize it till five or 10 years down the line when something like that. Well, here's the, you know, anybody that sets up a home security system that has cameras in their house that, that uses the Wi-Fi network. I would imagine there's a lot of hackers that are trying to find ways in on that because they can spy on people and, and who knows what they <laughs> will end up seeing, you know, sure are. Uh, you, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, you know, there are, there are these small, Little little home security cameras that are wireless that you just basically yeah. webcam based and like the Nest Cam and Nest actually has pretty good security but there's a whole bunch of crappy little ones that you know you can buy on Amazon for fifty bucks no name ones coming out of China their security is terrible don't buy those if you're gonna buy like a cheap home security camera spend one hundred and fifty two hundred bucks if you really want to spend money you get the whole security system and make sure the cameras are wired yeah I just. Uh... <laughs> It, once you start putting this stuff out on, on a Wi-Fi network, you know, and in your neighborhood, if, if some, you know, hacker next door to you is able to figure out how to get in on your Wi-Fi network, you know, they're yeah. they're peeking in on you, you know? That's exactly the case. No, you're totally right. You're totally right. You know, it's, better I, I, to, it's better to wire things, to have a, have a hard connection. 
Hmm, interesting. And what would you suggest when it comes to, uh, you know, like uh, antivirus software and stuff like that? I I use a, I'm a Mac guy. I mean, everything in my world is, is Mac. Uh, it's an iPhone. It's Mac. It's a uh, Mac books, uh, Mac desktop. Right. Yeah. Um, well, if you're wearing on a Mac desktop does should have antivirus software. You don't, you know, there is stuff out there attacking Macs. You don't hear about it that much, but it's there. Believe me. And the Mac system, the Mac operating system is really not any more secure than windows. It's just that, you know, Windows lives in a rougher neighborhood than Mac does, so there's many more attacks. So <laughs> that's I would recommend, yeah, it. that's exactly what it is. It's, it's you know, when Mac users live in like you know a gated community, and Windows users live in a rough neighborhood, and and uh, I think Windows is actually kind of more secure. It's just that it has to deal with a lot more. Mac deals with a lot less. But I would sure. recommend you should get antivirus software from Mac. You don't have to pay for it. There's good free stuff out there. Uh, for and iOS, then, yeah, you know, yeah. iOS is really secure. iOS, you know, if you see people advertising antivirus software for anti- iOS, don't believe it because Apple doesn't allow it. Um, but iOS is, is one of the most security, secure operating systems that, that the world's ever seen. Now, um, is iOS you know, it, something that's mobile-based? Yeah, it's only it's mobile only. Um, you yeah. know, you've got... You've got it running on, on, on tablets, obviously, um, and the new iPad, the new iPad Pro, the big, the big one, with the new iOS, I think, 11, it's um, actually kind of turning into more of a laptop, um, which is pretty nice. But, you know, if you're running, if you're a Mac guy, I would say, yeah, get, get antivirus software for your Mac. Don't worry about it for, for your phone. It, it's fine. Sure. Um, if you're in the Windows, you know, Android world, then, of course, you really should get antivirus software for, for Windows. You probably should pay for it. And you should have something for Linux, for Android, too. And as far as heading into the holiday season here, people are probably going to be looking at, you know, maybe upgrading uh, to an iPhone or maybe switching over to, uh, you know, maybe going from Android to Apple or Apple over towards Android. Uh, any advice or thoughts? Um, don't pay for more. Don't don't pay for anything more than you need, because right now, like the top end Android and iPhones are going to be a thousand dollars. Which I think is kind of crazy. I, I I wouldn't want to pay a thousand dollars for a smartphone. I mean, you're going to get eighty percent of the functionality for for on a phone that's got that costs three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so really figure out what you really need. Um, you know, there's people who can afford a thousand dollar phone and they're going to get one. But what are you going to use a phone for? You know, think right. about that. Um, and, and and real quick, because. I know that you also focus not only on security and, and privacy, but also gaming. What about, uh, you know, for, for people that have gaming systems, uh, what should they be, you know, staying on top of or be aware of that, that might be trying to hack in on, on them? To be honest, gaming systems are pretty secure. Um, you know, they, they really are. The, uh, the Xbox and the PS4, they're locked down pretty tight. Um, the people who are at risk are the PC gamers, the one who use who play on their play on their computers. They've they've got all sorts of sorts of stuff attacking them. Um, but if you're just playing on a console like an Xbox, you know Xbox One, you're you're, mm-hmm. you're okay. Interesting. Paul Wagonseal is our guest here, senior editor at Tom's Guide. You guys have got some great articles here, some really interesting stuff on uh, you know tech and security and uh, privacy and. Boy, I'll tell you, every time you turn around, there's there's something else you got to worry about when it comes to uh, your, your online security, banking, and, and now as we were just talking about 
Uh, a lot of folks will be buying those home security camera systems uh, to put in. You want to make doggone sure that what you're putting in is something that isn't going to allow people to start peering in on you. Paul, thank you so much for your time this evening. Thank you. Paul Wigginsale with uh, Tom's Guide. It's Moose Miller in tonight for Esme Murphy here on WCCO. We'll check some weather coming up here at the bottom of the hour, including uh, that all-important Vikings-Ravens tailgating forecast coming up here. So I'm just reading a uh, story here in the L.A. Times how Harvey Weinstein used his fashion business as a pipeline to models. Yet another aspect and tentacle on this uh, harvey weinstein story that we'll be talking a little bit more about with a uh, local employment attorney karen nelson schaffer is going to join us as we talk more about uh, the weinstein case and just its impact and the questions that are now being asked and and rightly so when it comes to harvey weinstein or you know the bill o'reilly's of this world that have obviously had incidents where they've settled and paid out huge amounts of money, these women that have come forward and made these accusations so that they can, you know, quiet things up or whatever, prevent uh, things from going further. But what does it say about the businesses that obviously knew something was going on? And we'll get more into this uh, coming up here between 7.30 and uh, 8 o'clock tonight. But, you know, especially Fox with Bill O'Reilly, and also Weinstein, he had what's kind of a ladder clause where if he had some of these transgressions, to put it mildly, he'd pay uh, 150000 the next one be 250000 and the next one would be half a million, I don't know what, but it was just staggered laddering amounts. It just, just seems ridiculous. You know, some of these people need to be going to jail in criminal prosecution. We're getting ahead of ourselves, so we'll we'll do that coming up here between 7.30-ish and 8 o'clock here on WCCO. We're going to uh, check in on the WCCO weekend weather forecast, which, you know, after a day like today where we had uh, some rain and some showers and some clouds and some dreariness, at least the Gophers uh, were successful against the Fighting Illini. They won today 24-17. to 17. We'll see how things shape up for the Vikings and Ravens, and more importantly, What's that tailgate forecast look like? We'll check in on that next year on WCCO. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. It's the Esme Murphy Show here on WCCO. Esme's got tonight off. I'm Moose Miller in for Esme. And still to come here, Professor David Schultz from Hamlin We'll be talking politics between 8.30 and 9 o'clock this evening. We'll also be talking about uh, the natural disasters of late, you know, the Santa Rosa fires and then Hurricane Harvey that swept through parts of uh, Texas and Houston. And what has this done to the housing market? You know, not only in those regions, but just it's starting to mushroom out because you've got new construction that's being affected by this because there's just not enough people to do repairs, much less participate in new construction projects. And there's concerns now in the housing market as to, you know, what does this mean for 2018 and going forward? So we'll talk a little bit more about that coming up just after 8 o'clock. But we'd like to welcome from the uh, Hall Nun firm, 
Cara Nelson Schaefer. She is a local employment attorney. Good evening and welcome. Good evening, Ruth. Well, I'll tell you what, every time I turn around, there's another story coming out here on Harvey Weinstein. This one I just <laughs> pulled up today. The L.A. Times is writing how Harvey Weinstein used his fashion business as a pipeline to models. And I thought that the article here raised a, a question that a lot of these companies have got to start to be held accountable when there's clearly, like in the uh, the Weinstein contract we learned, there was like a laddered clause that if he had these transgressions or whatever, he paid, uh, I don't know if a fine's the right word, but a penalty yeah. or whatever to the Weinstein company. And, you know, the first offense was, uh, what, 100000 or whatever. Second was, you know, hundreds of thousand. I think the third time it was a million dollars. Doesn't that open up these firms to some type of uh, culpability to, you know, hiring these predators? So potentially, not necessarily. Um, I feel like I'm always responding with saying it depends. And in this case, it really does depend. Um, You know, typically, if an employee reports an incident of sexual harassment or an assault, um, or, you know, in this case, if, if someone says that Weinstein asked for or required, you know, sexual contact or in exchange for continued employment, a benefit of employment or just actual employment, the employer has to take, they have, they have to respond and they have to make sure that it stops. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe they discipline um, the harasser. And if they fail to do so, then they're potentially liable. In this case, there's a little bit of a loophole because um, most of the people accusing Harvey Weinstein of harassing, assaulting, raping them are independent contractors. And the law, there's a loophole for independent contractors um, ah. that, that really can protect companies. Now, there are a couple of other angles. I mean, one is um, the company could potentially be liable for keeping Harvey Weinstein employed if they knew or should have known of his danger to women. I think there's going to be a strong argument that given the contract, um, they probably did know that he was a danger to woman, women. Why would they have yeah. that clause in the contract if, if they didn't assume that that would ever happen? Um, but because many of the people that he is accused of assaulting um, are independent contractors, there's, there's less available to them. Now, that doesn't sure. mean that they don't have, that they can't sue Harvey Weinstein individually. Um, obviously, if he's, you know, accused of assaulting them, raping them, those are all, um, the civil laws are available to them, as well as we know that some district attorneys are considering criminal charges against him. Yeah, and I think uh, California just passed a law where uh, starting, uh, is it, I think, in 2018, or maybe it was this starting this year, that there is no statute of limitation time on a sexual assault uh, case you know, from, from this point forward, uh, for a a woman or anyone to be able to, to try and get that prosecuted. I think that's right. In Minnesota, we do still have a statute of limitations. Um, if for, for adults, if you're, um, if the charges rate for adults, it's nine years. So, I mean, in some ways that can actually come and go pretty quickly. I was a criminal defense attorney prior to this job and, um, we saw cases where, you know, it would 20 years later, DNA evidence was discovered, but the statute of limitations had passed. Uh, um, but yes. 
Wow. You know, and as you look at, you know, and then today the story comes out on Bill O'Reilly that he paid $32 million to settle a claim of harassment or whatever was going on with uh, one of the contributors, I think a woman on his show. Right. And then right after that, Fox goes and signs him to another contract at $25 million a year. And that's, right. again, what I'm pointing to. It's like, how can this work? Because clearly this guy has a problem. Well, and one of the issues I think this raises is um, non-disclosure agreements. And, you know, I, I know at least California right now is considering whether or not to prohibit them because what they're doing is... Um, these women, and frankly, employees, too, in the Weinstein case, are signing nondisclosure agreements or confidentiality agreements that are essentially gag orders that prevent them from talking about what happened. And, you know, as a result, some of these things have been kept secret for a very long time. And, and would that just apply uh, across the board that, that that you won't be able? It's kind of like a non-compete, I would imagine, like how some states view that. Uh, right to work or whatever, but uh, so across the board, you you could not have an NDA? You know, I, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I, I know that one of the reasons that they're looking at it is because of sexual predators in sure. specifically, um, but there are certain times where non-disclosure agreements are very helpful. I mean, companies use them to protect their trade secrets. They use them you to bet. protect confidential information. So if an employee goes from one place of business to another, they have the company has to know that they're not going to share all of the confidential information. So I find yeah. it hard to believe that 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 type of non-disclosure agreement is going to be um, prohibited. Okay, but, yeah, I, I didn't think so either. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it, but it, it sure you know it brings up an interesting question on you know can those uh, uh, gag orders or non-disclosure agreements can they be pierced in in a criminal case like this kind of stuff? Yeah, I think that's right. And and obviously, I mean, a lot of these go against public policy, and that's one of the reasons California is looking at them. But the truth mm. is, currently, I mean, if non-disclosure agreements are allowed, and and one exists, courts typically enforce them. And so it's important for the legislatures to take a good look and see whether or not these are really the type of um, non-disclosure agreements that we want. And, yeah. you know, there's been a lot of... Um, press right now about the employees of Weinstein companies wanting to come out and be removed from their non-disclosure agreements to sort of talk, to to join in and talk about what they saw and what they were aware of. Yeah, Counselor, you were just leading me to my next question, which was, (laughs) I thought that was remarkable that we're seeing employees that that are locked into these non-disclosure agreements that clearly knew or may have even been part of the enabling team that would, right. you know, put these women in these situations alone with this monster. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I mean, and, and you know, <laughs> this is not the type of thing we see very often. I mean, I've never seen a company with um, all of their employees signing nondisclosure agreements that prevent them from talking about this type of behavior. So I think we're, mm-hmm. we're talking about a really unique, isolated incident. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what Weinstein Company does with this request, because if they prevent the, the employees from coming out and talking, I think that that's going to say a lot. Wow. And, and you know, it, it, we're now in a world where you can have something the size of a tube of lipstick that is a <laughs> camera that can record everything. I would think that 
uh, anyone that feels, you know, male or female, that they're in a situation where someone is, you know, putting their position of power over them. If you were to record that, isn't that pretty powerful evidence or can that be shut down and not admissible? So it can be really powerful evidence. Yes. Um, I think that there's a, so some companies actually prohibit um, recording and some people do record and it, and it can, it can really, it's, it's really changed the legal landscape, to be honest. Um, just, we have a lot of clients who come in and they've recorded conversations, typically not video, although we see some of that. Um, and in fact, there was an, an article today with, um, Harvey Weinstein that somebody recorded a conversation. I think it was sort of a sting. So it was a setup. Um, yeah, that was the, the case in New York, I think, where they had the, the model or actress that, uh, was, heard on the recording saying, you know, you, you had touched my breast. Why did yeah. you do that? It referring yeah. to a previous encounter. And he actually, I think admitted to doing that. And, you know, I thought, okay, well then from that point, they should be able to make a case out of that. They never did. Yeah. It was a pretty startling recording. You're right. And, and the one that, that I heard, he, he, he didn't necessarily say I did it, but he did say, I'm sorry, or, or something like that. So clearly it, it sounds like an admission. Um, just going back to your, to your earlier question. I mean, these types of recordings typically are admissible. I haven't seen a situation hmm. um, personally where they haven't been admissible. And so it really can change the landscape. One of the things that's challenging is I think people are, some people are very uncomfortable recording things. They're afraid of being caught. They're afraid of sort of what that means. Um, and sometimes these instances aren't repetitive. Sometimes there's an isolated instant. Um, and so it doesn't, it, it's not like it fixes the problem, um, but definitely it's a way that some people can expose, um, you know, being sexually harassed or mistreated. Sure. And, and I would imagine also leads to a lot of, uh, you know, out of court settlements. Absolutely. I mean, the truth is most of these cases get settled and certainly the high profile cases go away. I mean, there's a reason that we haven't, you know, I mean, it, it sounds like most people in Hollywood do, did know what was going on, but there's a reason that mm -hmm. we weren't aware of all of these allegations because most of them are, are um, kept secret and there's settlement agreements that are signed long before a complaint is ever filed and made public. Yeah. I, well, the, the case of the Hollywood machine, I think that that's been going on for a better part of a hundred years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it just hit, has, and, you know, but I think it's starting to come due and that thank goodness it is. But, you know, when I look at, uh, an empire, the size of Fox and, you know, what Roger Ailes got away with and what apparently Bill O'Reilly has been doing, yeah. um, you got to wonder who's going to be able to crack the dam, so to speak, and just take and hold people to account and maybe send some people to jail. Right. Yeah. You know, it'll be interesting to see what follows in the wake of this, of the Harvey Weinstein scandal. I mean, you know, you've seen on Facebook, all of the hashtag me too evidence. Um, I mean, yeah. I do hope that this is going to empower women to come forward um, sooner um, for companies to take a really good hard look at the way they're handling reports, the policies that they have, um, and what they're doing. I mean, you know, we see a lot of cases where companies have a clear policy and they have a way for employees to make reports of sexual harassment, 
But what they don't have is a really clear, robust mechanism for responding to these reports. And so I'm really hoping that this the scandal and the, all of the Me Too's that have followed are going to encourage companies to take a much stronger look and also empower women mm-hmm. to come forward, men and women. How hard? Yeah. How hard or easy do you think it will be for some of these women to be able to take down Harvey Weinstein? You know, because he's he's standing by unequivocally denying right. that uh, there was any non-consensual sex short of a DNA uh, rape kit. You know, it's it's uh, he said, she said, right? It is. And I mean, this is sort of this is getting into criminal law a little bit. I mean, you know. One of the many reasons why a lot of women don't come forward when they've been sexually assaulted is because often it's a case of he said, she said, and, yeah. you know, they don't necessarily go in knowing it's going to happen. So there's no recording. It's literally just he said, she said. And then even if there is DNA evidence, oftentimes then the um, perpetrator just says, well, it was consensual and, you know, absent horrific bruises, it's hard to prove otherwise. And so Jeez. it is, you know, women are in a really victims of sexual assault are in a really difficult position. Even when there's a number of women, uh, this is like Bill Cosby. Yeah. I mean, so, so I think in the, to the public, you know, I think Harvey Weinstein has been taken down, but if the question is whether or not he's going to end up in prison, I mean, I think my guess is that ultimately he will. There are enough allegations. District attorneys are looking at this. Um, And even though, you know, in the case of, I think six women now have accused him of rape, each one of those cases will be prosecuted separately. But the prosecutors are going to be fighting to bring in evidence of the other accusers. Now, of course, Harvey Weinstein's attorneys are going to do everything they can to keep out any other evidence uh, you know, other accusers. Um, but that, that's going to be a really big fight. And it's one of the, I mean, that can make a huge difference in a criminal trial. If there's other evidence of rape, if other women are able to come forward in the trial and talk about yeah. what happened to them, Harvey Weinstein's much more likely to be convicted. If, however, well, and I'll tell you what the, yeah, yeah. The, the tentacles on this, cause I'm reading here about project runway, what a franchise that is. <laughs> Weinstein's, you know, behind that and involved with that and, right. you know, part of that model pipeline thing that you just, how far does this thing go? And, and, you know, who all is going to get taken down on this? This is, I think we're just seeing the very beginnings of this. I think that's right. I think that's right. The next couple of months will be interesting to, to watch. Wow. Fascinating. And of course we rapidly run out of time whenever we uh, have conversations like this. Uh, Karen Nelson Schaefer, thank you so much from Holland on uh, law. It's been a real pleasure visiting with you. Well, thank you, Moose. It's been fun talking to you. You got it. Our WCCO McCarthy auto world time is seven fifty one. certified McCarthy Cadillacs now up to 40% off MSRP shop McCarthy That's McCarthyAuto.com. Well, we're at 67 degrees, heading down to 48 overnight. We'll uh, check the complete forecast coming up here with CBS and uh, also WCCO local news update. It's Moose Miller in tonight for Esme Murphy. As we get ready to head into the 8 o'clock hour, we'll be talking about uh, housing inventory and how that's been affected by Hurricane Harvey. Also, the fires out in Santa Rosa 
you've got uh, probably what is going to be a huge migration that is going to be coming out of Puerto Rico. It's already happening. And this has had an impact on housing inventory. So what does that say going forward into 2018? You know, if you're somebody that's thinking about selling your house or you're, you know, thinking about looking, uh, just how doggone competitive is it going to be? We're going to catch up with a real estate expert on that after the uh, news here at the top of the hour. Also, Professor David Schultz will join us from Hamlin University. Man, we got a lot to talk about there (laughs) in politics, not only here in Minnesota, but also what's been going on just in the past week once again with uh, the Trump White House and uh, just Washington and Mitch McConnell and uh, tax plan and, and you know, is, is something going to revive on health care? So we'll, we'll try to squeeze it all in in that half hour. With Halloween just around the corner, I thought it'd be interesting to touch on this. According to a new survey that's come out from the American Dental Association, <laughs> 76% of dentists actually give out candy on the hollow uh, on halloween <laughs> yeah there's nothing worse than getting floss and a toothbrush really all the free swag you get doc and you're going to give that away yeah and you wonder why there's so many eggs on your house according to uh dentist though they say hard candy gummy candy and caramels along with sour candy are on their worst list they consider chocolate dark chocolate actually the best but chocolate because it washes off of teeth easier. It's easier to remove. And that chocolate slows down bacteria that can cause tooth decay. So, you know, you're better off handing out chocolate rather than hard candy. We'll check in on CBS World and National News coming up here in just moments on WCCO. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. 